Please take a moment to grab your chair. We'll uh, get the next session started. If you have questions, please put them, uh, if you've written them out, please put them in the pink basket. There's quite a few there. Or text the number on the screen, uh, or you can raise your hand. So whatever works for you. Uh, if we could get the group up here to start the uh, panel time. Uh, John and Kelly, I don't see them. Uh, Dan and Nancy, I see Kelly. And we'll get started. You lost your toilet paper. <laughs> Nobody laughing at that? So out of character. Hey, we will, uh, uh, you guys will be going home early. We were planning on being over at 1, unless there's um, just more questions than we anticipate. Um, you should go home early. Um, there's a survey on the table. If somebody would grab the stack at each table and pass them around, and sometime before you go, if you would fill this survey out just so we can um, just know how we can better serve um, you as a church family. And um, include your name if you'd like, but it's, but it's optional. Um, we do have handwriting experts on staff now, so um, we'll, we'll know who you are anyways. Um, exactly, yeah. So while these are, these are hard questions, um, and we passed all the hard ones down to Pat and Jolene, because you guys have had to work through all this. Um, I'm going to start with this one. Um, it doesn't affect most people in here, but it's, it's a great question. In discipling singles, what is the appropriate emphasis of being physically attracted to a potential spouse? What is the significance or the priority of being uh, physically attracted to, a, uh, to your potential spouse? Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
we saw in the Song of Solomon uh, that both the bride and groom presented themselves pleasingly uh, to their partner. Uh, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We should be caring for our bodies, uh, keeping them healthy. Um, you know, whether God's given you what our culture calls attractive features or not, uh, he calls us to care for the body that he's given us. And uh, <clears throat> we grow in beauty from the inside out. It's our heart and our mind that I think ultimately make us attractive to another believer. It's not our physical body. And so as we grow in Christ-likeness, I think we become more and more beautiful. So... If you are single here today, would you stand up, please? Seriously, stand up. If you're single, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? Is that? A... <laughs> so we've got some uh, singles, and um, I just I just want to um, say uh, praise God for you uh, that you would come and want to learn about marriage. Would you give them a hand just for just for being here? Yeah. And I would say this, that, I mean, God has made us to be attract, attracted to the opposite sex. And, um, and there sh- should be some physical attraction. But if that is the only thing that you're relying on, um, it's going to be a long road ahead. First and foremost, you should be attracted to Christ in them. Because that's uh, the one constant um, that won't change. Um, we get older, um, things happen, we become less attractive over time. I mean, I mean, she, 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 I mean, she hasn't, uh, but I, but I have. Um, but so, yeah, just to make the uh, Christ and the other person your main attraction, and then it's certainly it's great to be physically attracted to your to your mate, right, honey? Uh, how do you heal from the hurt of porn when it has greatly impacted the expectations and treatment in and out of the bedroom? How do you heal from the hurt of porn when it has greatly impacted the expectations and treatment in and out of the bedroom? I would go back to what I shared last session. No sin is greater than the death of Christ. And um, just try to see and view sins as they're all awful. No sin's greater than any other sin in the eyes of God. Uh, it's a rejection of God. Um, I tried to explain that last week in the sermon on sexual perversion, uh, that, that it is an absolute rejection of God. And um, just, just to find our, our wholeness in Him, our life in Him, our strength in Him, and, and to understand that we all fall short. I mean, that's an ironclad truth in the Scripture, for all have sinned in one way or another. And no sin is worse in the eyes of God than any other. The one sin that stands above all is is to blaspheme the Spirit of God and to reject the work of the Spirit to draw us to Christ. That keeps us from ever being saved. So that sin's worse, worst of all, but but is the worst one. Uh, but the reality is, uh, put it under the blood of Christ. Uh, understand that we've sinned. And, and try as best you can to move on. 
Were you going to jump in? I don't want to steal your thunder. Okay, I'm going to go real quick. So, so honestly, I you know, given the percentages up there, those were Piper's uh, followers, right? And, uh, hopefully, they're followers of Christ. But if the percentage is that high, then what is the percentage in this group? And how many of you have been touched by pornography, at least at some level? Um, the reality is, uh, just be honest, the reality is almost everybody here at some level has been touched by pornography, right? Um, and that's not a good thing, right? That's, uh, that's part of our culture. So the, uh, I've been touched by it. I mean, it, and I've, I've, as my wife and I discussed this, um, you know, I've seen that stuff before. Um, I've never been into it, but I've, uh, I've been affected by it. And so I, I would assume that uh, everybody here, or at least many here, have been. And so I think what's, what has, ha- enables you to walk in a healthy way is that you put it behind you. You can't, you have to put it, you have to distance yourself from it. So to continue to operate in that is, is, is not going to allow you to have a healthy sexual relationship with your, with your spouse. So you have to distance yourself from it. Uh, know that it's wrong. I think uh, the teaching here has been awesome today. It just really, it will really undermine a healthy relationship that you want with your spouse. So you need to put it behind you. Get distance, and the more distance you have from it, what sin that we do we have that we've ever put behind us? Still, yeah, if if you've truly separated yourself from that sin, continues to, to hound you. If the the more distance you've put between you and that sin, the less it, it, it its influence on you, right? So get that distance and just make that a priority. Yeah. One of the tools we gave you in your handout the first night is called Renewing Your Mind Outline. This is a tool that you can use if you've been in bondage to uh, sexual sin of any kind. You've sought forgiveness. Uh, You know that the sin is covered by the cross. But if those things pop into your mind, take those thoughts captive. uh, Confess them as being sinful. Draw on the power of the Holy Spirit. We've given you a handout to to help you discern whether you're living a spirit-empowered life or not. And, and force your mind, and he will help you, force your mind to think godly thoughts. And little by little, your mind will be transformed, and you will be healed. But it does take time, and it takes work on your part. But God has given us the tools. He's given us the word. He's given us the spirit. And, and he is able. I... Uh... We, I was first exposed to porn in seventh grade. Um, David Alexander, um, his dad was a pastor and had a stack of magazines that I'd never heard of before. And I was exposed at an early age. Um, your teenage kids um, need to be protected. Um, it's out there. Talk to them about it. But I brought uh, pornography into our marriage, and I was addicted to pornography. And praise be to God, I've, that, that addiction has not um, manifested itself in my life. I've not given into that in a number of years. Um, but it, it wrecks havoc on a marriage. It ruins trust. It breaks sexual intimacy. Um, there's, um, it's, it's the tool that Satan is using um, to, and, and, and pornography oftentimes can lead to bigger sins, just like they say marijuana could lead to bigger sins, but it's 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 a it's very much a uh, 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 an addiction that can lead to other sins. Um, do you want to respond at all? 
So I was thinking about the people who may have been hurt by that, so the spouses that, um, that like, trust is something that takes a while to develop again, but it's something that God wants, and he, um, he promises to be close to the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit, and he, um, it is good to be near God, and his nearness is your good, and so God wants to heal that, and he does, and it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to let God, you know, the enemy wants you to say, I'm done, run, whatever, but don't listen to that, just to know that God, um, he died for that. Um, Pat, there's, just, there's a follow-up question to that, if I could just throw it out there, and is, is pornography um, grounds for divorce? Um, I don't think anybody wants to handle that one. Uh, the question actually identifies, identifies it as unrepentant and unchanged addiction to porn. Um, it's a really incredibly difficult question to answer because I think first and foremost, um, the individual who is addicted to porn needs to come to a place where they're counseled into a deeper understanding of what porn is, what it does. So I would encourage uh, whoever out there wrote the question, whoever has knowledge of that individual, to please encourage them to get in touch with someone who can help that person. Uh, we have people that would come alongside them and help them through the journey of trying to understand the destruction that pornography brings, not, not just to marriage, but to their life. And uh, it is a um, abhorrent sin against God because it's taken what he created as good and it turns it into the most despicable wickedness imaginable. We need to understand that. And, and, but also, God is so gracious and so forgiving and so righteous. And that's what we need. God has given us the perfect place to experience ultimate satisfaction in marriage, and it's in the marital bed that's nurtured by reconciliation and love and tender uh, nurture and cherishing. And... and <laughs> There, there is no pornography that can satisfy like a marital bed that is filled with the love of God and the power of the Spirit and the truth of forgiveness. So unleash those in your life. Don't dwell on the sin. Unleash the power of God. If you need help, it's here. You just have to ask. As a woman with young kids, how do you overcome the true exhaustion of life in order to truly be able to enjoy sex? Um, we have five children, so I think I can answer this question, I hope. Um, you know, I would say um, I didn't do it real well when my kids were young, but in hindsight, um, in all of your uh, prioritizing what you say yes to, consider your husband first, um, so that you're not overpacking your schedule. Do you need to cut back on your hours at work so you're not so exhausted? You know, or if you're at home, do you need to go on less play dates, or do you need to take a nap when your kids take a nap? I think it's really important. I know I wasn't very good at that because. I wanted to get everything done that needed to be done while my kids were napping. Um, but a clean house isn't nearly as important as being able to be ready for your husband when he comes home. So 
um, consider your priorities, I think I would say. Let me add on to the, the porn question as, as well. Uh, there's another question that relates to helping people who may suffer from this. Uh, understand that uh, God wants us to be spiritually accountable in our lives. Uh, so find someone, uh, if you're struggling in this area, to be spiritually accountable with. There's a lot of devices out there that can help with modern technology. Covenant eyes can be put on computers and, and uh, things like that that can become a deterrent. So there are things that can be done. Find others that will pray with you and for you and walk you through the need for uh, confession, repentance, reconciliation if, if you're struggling with that. So there are ways, I mean, the way out of this sin is like the way out of every sin. It's confession. It's acknowledgement before God and others, uh, your spouse, uh, and to deal with it in a biblical way. So, just, uh, just to add to that a little bit, the um, stuff like Covenant Eyes is good, really, really good. We've got great resources uh, right now. Not us, but, you know, the time we live in. But, but, a, but something like Covenant Eyes is like a breathalyzer for an um, uh, a, a, uh, alcoholic. It, it, um, it keeps them from drinking more alcohol. It keeps the man or, I guess, the woman from looking at porn. But at the end of the day, it's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. And so certainly use covenant eyes. Um, certainly use it. But, but ladies, um, don't depend on it for your man. Uh, um, don't, it's not going to heal him. Um, it'll, um, he, he'll find it somewhere if he's addicted to it. Uh, so just, just a, a word on that. Here's one. Do you think people are committing sexual sin without knowing it? Is there an example of sexual sin people may not know is sin? Anybody want to take one? Sexual sin that we don't know about. I'll, I'll, I'll give these guys some time to think uh, and share a few thoughts. Number one, any sexual activity outside of the marital bed is sexual sin. Uh, even how we think about Women. Jesus said to look at a woman lustfully is the same as committing adultery with her in your heart. So it is a matter of the heart, as Dan said. So um, it's strength in your spiritual uh, life. And uh, uh, the place for sexual expression is exclusively in the marital bed with your wife. Um, nowhere else that I can find in Scripture. One would be out of First uh, Corinthians 7 that says, do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. If um, There are plenty of reasons not to have sex and to be sensitive to one another as to what's going on in life, especially men being sensitive to your tired wives with younger kids. Um, but, um, but sex really is for the other person. We're to, uh, we should have a, 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 a desire to please the other person and if we both have a desire to please the other person, we're both going to end up being pleased. So a sin that we don't talk about a lot actually is depriving um, one another. And I don't know where that line is. Pat, you spoke of it so, um, so eloquently up here that it's, it's, it's different for everybody. But I know this, um, that sex every three to six months, um, that somebody's depriving somebody else. That's not enough. Is it, honey? <laughs> <laughs> Just your name, man. 
Well, um, <clears throat> as we were talking in the other room, just in our session before this, Kelly said, now you be careful what you say up there. Because <laughs> she knows I'm an open book, and I'll tell you about it. I'm just kidding. It's getting warm in here. <laughs> so this question is actually an interesting one. I could have, um, so it says, what is not permissible with sex in a Christian marriage? And so that's a, a kind of with a bunch of precursors, and, you know, I'm glad that there are some answers to questions before this. So assuming everything is healthy in the relationship, right? Uh, pornography isn't a, a strong influence, and, and there's, you know, you have a healthy, strong uh, relationship. You've reconciled. Let's just kind of put a lot of those. So let's just say you're in a healthy situation. Um, remember the scripture in Hebrews says the marriage bed is undefiled, Right? It's, it carries multiple meanings, but one of the meanings from that is you can't defile the marriage bed. What you guys decide to do as a marriage mutually, you know, you decide together, it's, that's permissible, right? So, so really, we don't see a lot in Scripture to say that you can't do this or you can't do that. Or, but it, read, we used to do this. I, I used to, we used to read Song, Song of Solomon together before bed at night. Do you believe that? We did that. It's, it's a, it's a, you, did you read some of the things up there? <laughs> My gosh. Whew. I'm like, whew. That's, that's some juicy stuff. All right. So go, therefore, and do likewise. You know, uh, knock yourself out. Yeah, you do. But it's, you know, it's, between, it's, it's, it's your marriage bed. What you guys mutually decide to do in the context of marriage is, is awesome. And so there's a lot of freedom there, right? So we have to be guarded against the sins and the perversions of our culture, right? But, but God didn't design, he designed uh, the marriage union and the marriage bed to be, to be a... a a plentiful place, a place of great expression and joy and, 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 and pleasure. And, and really, as it, if you read Ephesians, it's, and it's really in the oddest sense, there's a connection there to what it, the Christ and the church. I, haven't, I don't understand that connection yet, but I will one day. But it's, it's, uh, it's one that's not, not fully bridled. And, and I would say that in your marriages, as it takes time, right, to develop fully in yeah, the, the marriage bed. And so, you know, over 20, 30, 40 years, um, it, you know, it'll become a, a more full and rich experience. But I'll stop there before Kelly says, pokes me or something. That's excellent. I think one thing that comes to my mind, and that the key word is mutually, uh, if any sex act of any kind is uncomfortable, either mentally, intellectually, emotionally, physically, for one partner or the other, then it's probably not okay in the marriage bed. And that's where communication is so important. I mean, this is a subject that we avoid like the plague because uh, it's embarrassing, it's difficult to talk about, but I, I think we, we kind of put you in a situation where you had to talk about it some today. We encourage you to continue to talk and express uh, your desires, your feelings to one another, uh, and keep your marital bed pure before God. Any, uh, any, anybody brave enough to raise their hand and ask a question?
Maybe it's about uh, 1230, right? What's that? I was just going to say uh, there were a few questions from the last session we didn't address. We don't have time to get to them, but we will post those online. We've we got to figure out exactly how to do that, but we will post them with answers because we, we really want to be responsible to, to try to respond to your questions. Yeah, any questions at all, maybe in the next five, ten minutes, uh, then we'll let you go. Just anything that's um, just burning that you want to ask the Cuppingers and the Braddies about. <laughs> anything at all. That's huge, Tara. I'm going to let the Braddies answer that. Yeah, repeat the question. Uh, obviously, that's a, a, it's a sin. Qu that, uh, repeat the question. Oh, Not I'm sorry. Uh, the question was about uh, women, particularly, who have experienced it. It could be men who have experienced sexual exploitation as a child. Uh, <laughs> what about that? How should we be sensitive to that in the marriage? And so, first and foremost, I, I would say that, uh, again, a part of the process of facing that and dealing with that is is to acknowledge uh, uh, the reality of it, talk about it, but forgive the offender. Uh, again, so often we, we miss the, the truth that forgiveness is first and foremost for us so that we're not haunted by bitterness and resentment and anger for the course of our lives. So uh, many, many times in situations like that, nothing can be done to go back and fix it, change it, the issues going forward, living with the pain and the, mem the, the remembrance of that. But the, the thing that will give peace and will give healing is forgiveness. And so uh, reconciliation, all the principles that we've talked about in regard to reconciliation are vitally, vitally important. I, I think in addition to that is just the idea and the concept of uh, oftentimes uh, people who've been exposed to that through the um, um, person who uh, literally um, uh, I'm not com violated him. Uh, sometimes there's guilt because of that. Deal with that issue. If, if there's some uh, residual guilt, you think somehow you contributed to somebody violating you, uh, that needs to be dealt with and addressed. Uh, issues of identity, uh, feeling miserable, worthless, you know, I, I'm a despicable human being because this happened to me. That's absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. Uh, your worth and value as a human being is in the love of God for you. He loves you. He loved enough to loves you enough to die for you. So our identity, our, our sense of worth and value in life, isn't how we performed. It's not about what's happened to us in the past. It's about the fact that God loves us. And he loves us passionately. He loves us without change. He will love us forever. And he wants us to be with him. And, and just immerse yourself in that truth. Uh, those are my off-the-top thoughts. Can I just add maybe something to that? Not being an expert at all, but having um, discipled a couple of uh, couples that have experienced this, is that um, husbands, if your wife has been sexually abused, is um, she may have got to the point of forgiven forgiven the, her, her perpetrators, her violators, but, um, but maybe hasn't forgotten. It comes back and haunts often. And be sensitive to that. Um, and ladies, if um, most of the time that you've been abused, communicate it. Um, let your husband know that, that um, 
that those thoughts are reoccurring, that you're having flashbacks to that. Um, communicate it. And husbands, be sensitive to that. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a big deal. And, uh, and, I, and I think that there's, um, I mean, there's, there's uh, PTSD, you know, that, that has affected women that have been abused. Um, it's, it's documented. It's, it's uh, people that suffer from that. And, I, you know, if uh, you might have to get uh, extra help uh, beyond what actually we, could, we can offer. A number of years ago, we discipled a couple. Uh, she had been sexually abused by her brother for a couple of years. It was horrific. Uh, he used guns and knives to force her. He went to school and told her friends. Uh, she was devastated with the results of this for over 20 years. In the course of about a year, we walked her through the process of coming to a place where she could forgive him, and she did. Uh, she, she literally hated her brother to the point that she wanted him to die, and she prayed that he would. Uh, she and her husband, after, after going through this process and forgiving him and finding God's grace in her life, uh, they sat down with her brother. And she, she didn't condemn him. She didn't judge him. She didn't do anything to him. She forgave him before Christ. And the process of that, her husband led him to the Lord. That is the power of the gospel. That is what we want to see happen in the lives of people. That glorifies God. So sometimes, I say all that to, to tell you, sometimes these things seem horrific, uh, unredeemable, something I never want to think about, but the reality is God can use them for his glory. God can use them for his glory. So. Well, on that uh, great note, I think it's time to close off. Um, want to, um, it's been a, it's been a, a, a Where's that? Oh, Daisy. Did I, or, was he? You sure? Okay. Gotcha. Get us afterwards. Bethany. scary. Um, for starters, there's, there's a, a set of uh, tools out there that um, I forgot who wrote the books, but if you go on, oh, uh, how, do we, how do we raise up and teach our children about sexuality, the dangers of it? Uh, there, there's some, oh, the, the good of it, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but also knowing the good of it, you can prevent the dangers of it. There, there are some pretty decent books out there, at least used to be 10 years ago, that really uh, would walk children as young as second, third grade, through this understanding their bodies, understanding sexuality, that it's of God. Uh, and, and I think you could find books like that online that, that you could sit down and go through with them, and, and they're, they're pretty uh, generic, but, but pretty, uh, pretty helpful. Uh, we used them with our kids years ago, so I, I think that stuff's still out there. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't know where to look today, but I'm sure the same thing's out there. And, and it exalts it and, and, and lifts up sex as it should be viewed without a lot of detail. I would say also that for Family Life Today has some, some great resources. Um, the, the other two websites I'd look on is Crossway, um, crossway.org, and then also um, the Gospel Coalition. Um, but the main, the main principle, Bethany, and for the rest of the young parents is talk about it. 
talk about it. Um, don't be afraid to talk about it. And, um, and uh, particularly dads with young, with young boys, um, what we did with both, what I did with both my boys, I took them away. Uh, we did an overnight and um, just talked about it. Talked about the beauty of sex, the beauty of marriage. And, and I gave them some cautions as well. Um, and I know the question isn't about cautions, but I, I tell you this, if you've got teenagers that have access to a computer, the question isn't, um, will they see it? it? The question is, is um, when did they see it? I, I don't mean to be an alarmist, but it's, uh, it's out there unless you've got really um, good screens on your computer. So talk to them about it. Uh, we, we've got really good friends that had a, have a daughter, like how old, 11, 12, 13-ish? How old? 13, and found out that she was on a chat room um, uh, talking to older men. Um, this guy was brought up in the church, not this church, um, but in the church. Uh, parents love Jesus. They love her daughter and, um, and just got a little bit lax. Are you poking me? Whenever she's, like, afraid that I'm going to cross the lines, I'm getting like this in my, my life. So I get this all the time. Like, don't go there. Don't go there. One more thing, and I think, Dan, that's exactly what I was going to say, but uh, make it a free-flowing conversation in your family. You know, there's th- these things are so, kind of hard, right? But, but, man, just talk. Just be free and open and, and start the conversation when they're young. Um, you know, obviously, the information that you give is limited by their age, but age-appropriate. And the other thing that your kids should see, they should see you loving each other, okay? You're on display, you're going to show you're you're setting a pattern in their minds about what a loving relationship looks like. So I hope you kiss in front of them. You know, you, you know, a kiss, no, you know, and 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 hug and hold hands and show affections towards each other. Example what that looks like to them, and then give it to them too. We, part of our conversation we just had this last hour is, you know what, kids need affections just like you need affections, right? And, and one of the things that we concluded out of our little discussion over there is out of the uh, overflow of the abundance of the healthy relationship that we have, we should be giving those affections to our kids. Because you know what? If they're fulfilled t- physically, you know, if I'm hugging my kids and kissing them, I know Dan kisses his kids on the lips. Dude, <laughs> I, his, his sons. And it's like that was, to me, weird. And, you know, but that doesn't really even begin to explain the fullness of Dan's weirdness. But, but, but I have, I adopted that. Now, my boys won't let me kiss them on the lips, but I pull them close to me each day and I kiss them on the head. And, and, and Kelly is really sensitive that she is, she is, and we're going to remount up the fact that we're going to show affection to our kids, hug them, hold them. I, and our kids are older. And we're talking about taking our 21-year-old daughter and snuggling, making a, a point to, to fulfill their needs for physical touch by us until such a time is that can be fulfilled properly otherwise. So I think it's really important. Make your, fa- your home open and, and, and just a, 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 a feeding ground for just the love and the physical touch that we all need. And so, yeah. I just would add, don't be afraid um, to not have the answers and to be able to say, you know, let me get back with you on that. You know, kids usually won't pursue it too far, you know, and you can always, and then come to someone in the church, say, what did you say to your kid when they asked you this? You know, I think we have a wealth of, um, 
a wealth of, of information here. So reach out, ask, ask someone older um, how to answer that question. But yeah, foster an open, open relationship of communication. Talk about everything. At our table, we talk about everything. Have dinner together so you can talk at your table. We didn't practice this, but I recently talked to a friend that is a pastor, and um, they've got younger kids, and they um, actually, like, when they're, like, doing their thing, they lock the door. Um, like, and I know it's going to be harder for the ladies than it is for the guys, but, like, the kids are in the house. I mean, it's chaos, but there's, like, a time for mommy and daddy, and um, that, that forces a conversation. Like, this is what mommy and daddy do. This is a good gift from God. Um, go on downstairs and watch Sesame Street, and we'll be done here in about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Heather had a question. A good word. Uh, be sure you talk about the subject in your home and talk about it in a God-glorifying way before they learn the wrong things in school. And Daisy, ask your question. Somebody else may think. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, those boys came from the sex act, so it's, it's fair to talk with them about it. <laughs> I saw a hand in the back, too, somewhere. Okay, I just repeated Heather's statement. So Gary and, said, "Hey, would you repeat the question, please?" Because we can't hear it. And we're going to end on that. Yeah, and Daisy's question was a repeat of Bethany's, so just in a different way. Should we close her down? Good. Um, well, if we could, if you guys would grab this and please fill it out before you go. We just really want to know how we can better um, serve and pray for you. Um, if there's specific things that we can help with, if you're struggling in your marriage, um, we're all available. Uh, Chris and Lori are available, the Braddies, Hardys, Cuppingers. Um, you've got community group leaders that are available. We want to we help you um, thrive in your marriage, not just survive, but thrive uh, standing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I want to just put a plug in for tomorrow. I know, uh, I think we're going to have like 15 people at the service tomorrow because everybody's uh, tired. But I want to encourage you, we're kicking off a, a sermon series called um, searching and suffering. And it doesn't sound like the, you know, like, hey, wow, I want to go, want to go check that out. Um, but this life is full of suffering um, and different degrees of suffering. And as even as I look around the room, I know that uh, most of you have, uh, uh, have suffered at some level. And the book of Job is one of the, the, the greatest um, literary um, pieces um, in history. And it's a beautiful piece of poetry and um, you will see God in his character in ways that you've never seen God in his character. And I promise you that at the end of eight weeks, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you will worship God um, in ways that you've never worshiped God. So um, not to set that up too much, but I want to encourage you to be back tomorrow. Um, get a nap tonight. Um, you know, lock your bedroom door for a couple hours and then uh, get back in here tomorrow morning. Um, if, uh, if I can invite Pastor Chris up. Are you upstairs? Would you come pray for us, brother? And um, I hope it was a profitable time for you all. Um, I want to acknowledge Bonnie as Chris's. Uh, Bonnie, stand up. She did so yes. much for this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
not only did she labor, she found other ladies to labor alongside her. And I mean, that bus full of uh, hooligans you got to babysit the kids, that was great. I don't know how you did that. And then Pat, uh, Braddy, thank you, brother, for all your prep. Uh, this is so profitable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Pat does nothing without Jolene in tow. So Jolene, thank you for your sacrifice as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Brother, would you pray for us? Pray with me. Uh, dear Father, we um, just, first and foremost, we just want to thank you that we can call you Father, that you love us um, as your sons and daughters, that all that you've done for us um, through Jesus, by sending your only son to die, to live, um, to defeat death and sin, is all to bring us to yourself. Um, Lord, and, and you designed... Um, marriage again just just to um help us help us do that help us lead each other um towards you um and lord um we just thank you for um just just that beautiful design lord it's hard um we we all know that um with with the room uh, with the size of these people uh, there's there's so many different issues and problems and 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 uh struggles um but lord as has already been given testimony lord you um are in the business of redeeming um, and fixing brokenness and um restoring and healing and god you've done it um in i i, I know these people on on the stage and you've done it in their marriages you've done it in, in mine and Lori's marriage and 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 you you can do it anyone's and so lord i pray that you just encourage those here who might even be discouraged um, right now because maybe they're comparing, I don't know, um, that their marriage isn't going to be like that or maybe they've lost hope, Lord. If that's happening in any, any couple here, Lord, I pray that you would just give them the hope that, Jesus, if you can, um, if you can heal us all uh, and, and turn us from sin and, and take us out uh, of hell and bring us into your presence, Lord, you can heal a marriage. You can heal any brokenness. Um, that's, that's what you do best. So I pray that people here would believe that and they would leave here with hope and not discouragement, um, Lord, and, and that you would uh, help people here resist the, the lies of the enemy that would have them compare. Um, Lord God, each person, you're, working, you're doing a separate work in each marriage here. Um, and Lord, and I pray for the single people here who, who maybe are looking at all this and, 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 and asking, what am I getting myself into? Do I even want to do this? Um, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd give them encouragement and hope that, yes, it's, it's so, it's, it is hard, but it's the best, the best thing. Um, Lord, this is your best design. There's no, there's no better, more beautiful thing in creation than a marriage that reflects your glory, that is per your design. So I pray that you would just encourage us all with that, that we wouldn't settle for um, um, just being roommates with each other, settle for just doing business with each other, but we would um, really strive to, um, to, to thrive in our marriages, um, Lord. And that, that can only be done by your spirit, Lord. All these tools, all these things that were said by Pat, they're beautiful, they're great, Lord. Um, they, they are only just words without your spirit empowering them um, and, and, and intersecting them with our lives. So I pray that you, by your spirit, would go before us. Um, would you... Um, just empower the, these marriages that are represented in this room, empower them um, by your spirit, that they might grow and reflect your glory, Jesus. Um, 
So, Lord, go before us. We thank you for this time. Lord, I pray also if there's any nagging, if there's any burning, um, I don't know, um, questions out there, Lord, that people would not be afraid to come forward and just talk and, and ask. And, and, Lord, may we be a body that does this together and not shy away from the hard stuff. Um, help us bear one another's burdens. Um, so, Lord, go before us. We thank you. Um, thank you for loving us first, and, and we love you. And so um, we pray all this in your precious and matchless name, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right, thank you for filling out the surveys and put them in the basket on that tall table out there on your way out. And we'll see you tomorrow morning.